So I am picking up on the story of David uh, from the book of 1 Samuel. So this morning I am speaking on the title Protected and Preserved. You will find the story that I will be talking about in the book of 1 Samuel chapters 19 and 20. But as a segue, I want to speak about yet another miracle from the Gospel of Mark chapter 9. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 9, there is this beautiful story of how Jesus healed a boy. Now, Jesus was walking towards his disciples. He is coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, where he was transformed, and Peter, James, and John saw his glory. And as he was coming down from the mountain, towards, walking towards the disciples, he could see the scribes were surrounding his disciples, and they were arguing with them. So Jesus comes and he asks the the scribes, why are you arguing with them? In other words, if you want to argue, come and argue with the teacher. Come and argue with, 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 with the master. Now when he asked that question to the scribes, there was a moment of silence, I believe. And in that moment of silence, suddenly a father hijacks the conversation and he cries to the Lord saying, Teacher, I brought you my son, who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. Now, as the conversation continued, Jesus said, bring him to me. And when they brought him to him, and as the evil spirit saw Jesus, he threw the boy onto the ground, and the boy was convulsing. Now the boy fell to the ground, he was wallowing on the ground, he was foaming at the mouth. Then Jesus asked the father a question. He said to him, how long has this been happening to him? And the father replied, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, Have compassion on us and help us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that you have compassion on us and we know that you can help us. You are the protector and the preserver of our lives. And we've gathered in your name today for no other reason than to hear from you, than to learn from you. Open up our hearts open up our spirits, open up our minds so that we could mine from the riches of your word, so that our hearts would be transformed, our minds would be transformed by the revelation of your word. Speak to us, strengthen us, give us the grace that we need to listen and obey your word. In the precious and mighty name of the Lord Jesus we pray, amen. Now when the father described the condition of his boy, he told the Lord that whenever this evil spirit seizes him, it throws him down, the boy foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, he becomes rigid and stiff. And as soon as the evil spirit saw Jesus, it started to torment the boy. He again fell to the ground, he wallowed, he foamed. Then Jesus asked this question. Now church, when when the Lord asks a question, I am convinced that it's not because he doesn't know the answer to it. 
it's usually because he wants us to pay attention. It's because something, we can learn something from the reply. So I'm convinced when Jesus asked this question, it was not because he did not know the answer to it. So Jesus asked, for how long has this been happening to this boy? And the father replied, from childhood. So from childhood to the moment when he came when he came to relate with Christ. From that childhood moment to boyhood, he has been tormented by this evil spirit. And when I heard this reply of the father, the boy's father, I took a moment to think about the trial that this boy had passed through from childhood to that moment when his path crossed with Christ. From childhood to that moment, there had been numerous episodes of falling to the ground and wallowing. From that childhood to that moment, there had been numerous episodes of foaming at the mouth, gnashing at the teeth, gnashing his teeth, and becoming rigid or stiff. And from childhood to that moment, there had been numerous episodes of falling into the fire and into the water. And as the, the boy's father was really clear that the evil spirit had wanted to destroy him. He was not just playing with him. The purpose was to destroy this boy. And I remember reading this scripture back in the year 2012. I remember the year specifically because it was my, my graduate year back in Ethiopia. And, and having read this story, I asked, how come the evil spirit did not succeed in killing this boy? if he had tormented him from childhood till he became a boy, if he had all those numerous episodes of wallowing and falling and gnashing of teeth, falling in the water, falling into, into, into the fire, how come the evil spirit did not succeed in destroying this boy? Then I had this amazing thought about how God preserved and protected this boy onto the day of his healing. God the Father had foreseen a day would come when his son would be crossing path with his father's son and that was the, day, the, the appointed date of deliverance. That was the appointed day of healing and that was the appointed day of his redemption. So the devil, even though he was committed to destroy this child so that he would not come into contact with Jesus, but God the Father was also committed to preserve and protect this child's life. Though the boy fell into the water, though he fell into the fire, the fire did not consume him. Though he fell in the water, he did not drown. God had so ordained his steps that he should not die before he is delivered. Now I brought this story to illustrate how God preserves and protects us to the destiny that he has foreseen for our lives. And this has certainly been the testimony of David. David is a person whom God has chosen, whom God has anointed and had foreseen to become a king over Israel, but he had to pass through fire, he had to pass through many waters before he would reach his destiny. When you read 
the book of First and Second Samuel, you see there are numerous examples of how God preserved and protected David from some insurmountable challenges that came throughout his life. And as you follow David pass through these, these episodes, through these challenges, you also get to see the attitude of his heart. And as Jess was saying last week, you would see how his life provides us some flashes and glimpses of Christ, the ultimate king who would come. Now let us look at some of the instances and challenges that David has to pass through and through which God preserved and protected him. The first was his rescue from a lion and a bear. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, you can see from verse 34 to 36, David is here talking to King Saul, and David said, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it, rose, when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. Now, alone, alone in the jungle, tending to his father's sheep, David had to risk his own life in the service of his father. He had to risk his life for the sake of the sheep that were interested to him. You can see his heart and love for the flock under his care. Now, I can't imagine what would be going through David's mind day after day, spending time with his sheep, not knowing what kind of beast he would have to deal with that day, what kind of beast he would have to fight that particular day, but vigilantly keeping an eye on his sheep. In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, from verse 11 to 13, the Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, someone who is employed, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, he sees the, the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf catches and the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because... He is a hireling, and he does not care about the sheep. David was a shepherd who truly cared for his sheep, and his heart was in the right place. And Jesus, church, is our David. He is our David, who had rescued us from the lions, who had rescued us from the bears of life, life's challenges. And he has, and he will continue to rescue us from the lions and the bears that come our way. So the first challenge from which God preserved and protected David was from the lions and the bears. Now when we preach it from a pulpit, it may not, it may not capture the, the whole ordeal that David had to pass through. If a lion comes gliding into this congregation this morning, let alone a lion, if a mouse crawls into this into our congregation this morning, everybody would be up on their chairs. <laughs> Think of a lion and a bear and a little boy who had to face a giant lion and a giant bear. If God had not protected David, 
How could he have made it? But God had foreseen a future for this boy. He is in route to become a king over Israel. So God had to protect him from this lion and the bear that came the next day and the lion that came the next day. So God had to preserve and he had to protect David because he had foreseen a future for him. The second deadly weapon from whom God protected David was a giant called Goliath. Again, when we talk about Goliath, we tend to, to become usually sensationalist, talking about how this little boy brought down the giant Goliath. When we often talk about this story of David and Goliath, or for, or for that matter, most stories in the Bible, we tend to pay attention to the final result, to the victory. But in doing so, we, we tend to ignore or downplay the pain, the challenge that the circumstances pose. But the victory came at a cost. And here is how Jonathan described it when he was speaking to Saul on behalf of David. Now in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 5, here is Jonathan talking to Saul on behalf of David. And he says, for he took his life in his hands and he killed the Philistine. And the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel. In other words, it was not as easy as the headlines made it to appear. The headlines and the hashtags may have, may have said an easy win for David. Hashtag size doesn't matter. But we all know that David had to put his own life on the line. The victory came at a price. Now, how many of you would agree with me that even if David had died that day, having killed Goliath, he would still be considered a hero? You would agree with me, yet? And I believe he would. But the fact that David remained standing when Goliath fell on his face is also an image of the resurrection of the Lord who defeated death and sin and brought deliverance to all nations. Let me read the scripture back again. Jonathan said, for he took his own life in his hands and he killed the Philistine. And because of that, the Lord brought a great deliverance for all Israel. A single man took his life upon his hands, risked his life, and killed the giant. And because of that, deliverance was brought to all Israel. The Lord Jesus took his own life, and he was killed upon the cross, upon Calvary. And because of that, deliverance was brought not only to Israel, but to all nations. Now the third challenge that God preserved and protected David from was Saul's spear. There was this particular moment in David's life where he felt really close to death from than ever before. You find this in, in 1 Samuel chapter 20 from verse 1 to 3 
And here the scriptures reads, Then David fled from Naioth in Ramah and went and said to Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? So Jonathan said to him, By no means you shall not die. Indeed, my father will do nothing, either great or small, without first telling me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. David had, had to often make conscious decisions when he, had passed, when he had to pass through some challenges. When a lion and a bear took one of his ships, he had to make a conscious decision as to whether to fight or not, or just to let it go. When he heard about Goliath, he had to make a conscious decision as to whether to fight or not. But some challenges in life leave you no moment for contemplation. But the Lord is mighty to deliver us even from such challenges. And David was rescued twice from Saul's spear, which was thrown in close proximity. There was no moment for contemplation. It was just a spear that was thrown and coming his way. And it was just an instance. In instance, this boy would have been a goner. But even from such a great challenge, God had to preserve and he had to protect David because he is the king of Israel. Though it doesn't seem like he is going to make it, but God is helping him pass through each challenge. God is guiding him one day at a time, one challenge at a time, one giant at a time. And he's making it. And he's going forward. Saul's spear. Saul was one of the greatest warriors in Israel. And when David laments after his death, he even boasts and talks about how Saul was great with his swords and with his spears. And this mighty man, he missed David throwing his spears, not once, but twice. If it hadn't been the Lord who protected David, David would have been a story. There is yet another challenge that God protected and preserved David from, and this is Saul's persecution. God also protected David when Saul chased him city after city, town after town, valley after valley, mountain after mountain. God was preserving him. God was protecting him and helping him, his, helping him escape. A person who has killed a lion and a bear and a giant is now fleeing from a king who he could easily eliminate. But he had a heart that revered the Lord's anointed. There was yet another challenge that God had to protect David from, and that was his protection from his own soldiers. And when you go and look at 
1 Samuel chapter 30, you will find a story when, David, when David's own soldiers wanted to stone him because they were really grieved. But God protected him from his own soldiers as well. Now, why did David have to pass through all this? And we don't have enough time to cover that. But I want to quickly mention how he passed through these challenges. Not why he had to pass through them, but how he passed through them. Now, in a nutshell, he prayed and he trusted. These were the two important, crucial instruments that David had at his disposal. He was passing through pain. He was passing through challenges, but he prayed and he trusted. And at times, there's nothing more you can do than to just pray and to trust. There may be no one around you to lean on, to, 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 to draw support and strength from. And in those moments, it will only be the Lord who is beside you. And all you can do is to just pray and to trust. And now when you pray, this is amazing. Listen to this. When you pray, you change the battlefield from the physical into the spiritual realm. And when you trust, you establish the battlefield. You confirm it. David never approached his battles as a physical fight. He, always, he was always inspired by the spirit of the Lord to see beyond the physical fights. Remember when he went to, to fight Goliath, remember what he said? You come against me in the name of your gods, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of Israel. It was not just a physical battle for, for David. The fight was in the realm of the spirit. So whenever you pray, that's what you're doing. You are changing the battlefield. You elevate the battlefield from the physical realm into the spirit realm. And then when you trust, you confirm the battlefield. You stay there. You remain there. So David prayed and he trusted. And in doing so, he, he always took his enemy to a battlefield, to a territory where the righteous God determines who wins. Now let us close by reading some scriptures from the book of Psalms, which gives us an insight into how David passed through his challenges. Now one of these scriptures was, is, is in, in the book of Psalms, chapter 59. And here is David singing and praying and this particular prayer happened when Saul sent soldiers to, to his house to kill him. You will find this story in the book of 1 Samuel, I believe chapter uh, 19. So chapter 19. So Saul was, David was married to one of Saul's daughter and Saul sent his soldiers, assassins, to kill him, to assassinate him at his own house. And David is surrounded in, 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 the, in his house by these soldiers that were sent to kill him and to assassinate him. And Psalms 59 is talking about that scenario. And here is David praying, deliver me from my enemies, oh my God. 
Defend me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloodthirsty men. For look, they lie in wait for my life. The mighty gather against me, not for my transgression, nor for my sin, O Lord. They run and prepare themselves through no fault of mine. Awake to help me, and behold. You, therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to punish all the nations. Do not be merciful to any wicked transgressors. At evening they return, they growl like a dog, and go all around the city. Indeed, they belch with their mouth, swords are in their lips, for they say, who hears? But Lord, but you, O Lord, shall laugh at them. You shall have all the nations in the region. I will wait for you, O you, his strength, for God is my defense. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. This is a prayer that David prayed in his household, surrounded by a group of soldiers that were sent to kill and eliminate him. And when you read 1 Samuel chapter 19, you will see how God miraculously helped him escape. Another instance is in the book of Psalms, chapter 57. May I ask the band to come up? Now, this was David's prayer when he fled from Saul into a cave. Again, an amazing prayer that David prayed. And here he said, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge. Until these calamities have passed by, I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongues a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it they themselves have fallen. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your, for your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. This is the prayer of a man who nearly escaped death as Saul was chasing him into a cave. David never dealt with his battles in a physical sense. He always approached them 
cautiously by hearing from the Lord, by listening to the voice of the Spirit. That's why when you read the books of 1st and 2nd Samuel, before David waged any war, before he authorized any battles, he always inquired from the Lord as to how to approach it. Whether it is his will to go and fight or whether it is his will to sit down and let it go. And whenever he had to pass through challenges in his own personal life, David prayed and he trusted. David prayed and he trusted. I want to impress this upon your spirit this morning to pray and to trust, to pray and to trust, to pray and to trust. When you pray, as I've said, you change the battlefield into the realm of the spirit. And when you trust, you remain there. You confirm the battlefield and God comes to your rescue and God comes to fight on your behalf and with you. Amen? Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, our Father. Oh, how great is your love. How great is your presence, Lord. We honor you. We glorify your name this morning. We bow down before your presence this morning. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. You are a righteous God. You are a mighty God. Victory belongs to you. Victory, whether it be in the valleys, victory, whether it be in the mountains, it belongs to you. And this morning we pray, Father, for your grace to help us through any of the challenges that we may be passing through, for your people to draw strength from your presence. I pray that your presence would come right now, Father, and that everyone would receive strength, everyone would receive power, everyone would receive the grace to make it through the challenges that they are passing through. As you've helped, preserved, and protected David. Oh Jesus, you are our David. We proclaim that you are our David. You are our David who rescues us from the lion, who rescues us from the bear, who rescues us from those challenges that come whirling through, leaving no moment of contemplation. Whatever the challenges may be, we have a greater God who is victorious, who can help us pass through the challenges that we're passing through. We call on your presence today, Father. We call on the shadow of the Almighty God to hover ever over everyone's life this morning. If there be anyone sick among us, Father, we pray for your healing. If there is anyone who is weary this morning, we pray for your strength. If there is anyone who is going through depression, we pray for their deliverance in the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we pray and we trust. We pray and we trust. We pray and we trust. We pray because we have a God who answers prayers. We pray because we have a God who is strong and mighty. And we trust 
because you love us. We trust because you mean good to us. We trust because you are a loving Father. And I pray for grace to be released to each and every one this morning to be able to pray and to trust as they go through the challenges and battles of life. And we pray all this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. All the glory be to you, Father. All the honor be to you. In the precious name of the Lord, we pray. Amen.